0: It is Mulcair Mondays with former NDP leader and CTV political analyst Thomas Mulcair. Good morning. Good morning, Jerry. Good to have you. Canada's new anti-Islamophobia representative apologizes for uh, comments about Quebecers. She said that Quebec was racist, and I found it fascinating, Thomas Mulcair, uh, to hear John Moore, who grew up in Quebec, say last week on the show as I was driving along listening to him, he said, well, she's right. So how do you react to all of this?
1: Well, it would have been very different if she had said what you just said, which was Quebec or the Quebec government or the National Assembly or this law. But what she said was Quebecers. So, Bill 21, Mm -hmm. I've probably, Jerry, I can tell you, I've probably written more articles condemning Bill 21 in English and in French uh, than anybody else in Canada. This is the law that goes against religious minorities generally and targets Mm -hmm. Muslim women in particular. So, that part is easy. But the tricky part is when you lump 8 million people together, <laughs> including a lot of people who are very opposed to that law. You're into very dangerous territory. What was interesting is that when um, Ms. Elgawabi apologized, she said, look, I realized that I was doing exactly what I'm supposed to be fighting. She said, I was using a stereotype that lumped together all Quebecers. and she says, I apologize for that. What was interesting also is that the Tuesday of last week, so almost a week ago, Trudeau stood before the cameras and said, I back her appointment 100%. And then the next day, he started backing off because people showed him the other things that she had written. And some of it is is, is really quite controversial. And so she would always share things that were anti-Israel. And she would say, you know, said things about the Canada Day that just had everybody saying, what? What did you just say about Canada Day? So it's, it's more tricky than that. It's more tricky than just saying, okay, Bill 21 is obviously discriminatory and it goes against the, the grain and it shouldn't exist in Canada. I agree with all of that. But what she had done and, and that she apologized for was something else. I'm one of the people who said that now that she's apologized, she should be given a chance to do that job. But the tricky thing, again, is can she do that job now that she's put herself behind the eight ball? Is it going to be possible for her to have a neutral and credible voice on these issues when she's already painted herself into a corner? That remains to be seen.
0: Is she in a position that is required
1: Well, look, I think that Trudeau was on the right track when he named Erwin Kotler to an identical position to deal with hatred against Jews. Why? Because anti-Semitism is still the worst form of hatred against religions in Canada in terms of the number of hateful comments and activities that take place. The actions against the Jewish community are still the worst against any religion in Canada. And when Goddler, who's got a you know, great track record, has been at this for, for decades, he was the person tasked with that by Trudeau. He had been looking to find somebody who could do the same thing with regard to Islamophobia, which is a scourge. It's horrible. We've had uh, killings both in Quebec City, at the mosque there, and in London, Ontario, that were hate crimes, if not terrorism outright. And and it has to have a, a credible voice dealing with this very serious issue. Um, th- the real question is, can she be that person now um, after all of this? I think that she should be given a chance to, to do the job. And I was one of the people, when she dug in and said, no, no, I was basing myself on some sort of survey. Um, and I was one of the people saying, look, I think Trudeau should have, <laughs> I think Trudeau made a mistake in choosing this person. But once she apologized and it was heartfelt, you know, when somebody does one of those standard, oh, "Well, I apologize if, you know, yeah. that's not an apology, right. but she, she was so forthright right she was so clean she said look uh, i was wrong and and give me a chance let me do this job so the the naysayers uh, you know like she had met the head of the bloc quebec had a nice meeting with him and then the next day he says no she's gone she's got to get me out of here i I don't think that that is morally right when you're saying that somebody has to back off from comments that are wrong and if preferably apologize and she's done both then you've got to give them a chance
0: Thomas Mulcair is with me. Jerry Agar in for John Moore this week. He'll be back next week. It's Mulcair Mondays. The federal defense minister says Canada unequivocally supports the United States government's decision to shoot down a high-altitude surveillance balloon that was suspected of spying for China, noting the balloon had also violated Canadian airspace. Are the Chinese still sticking to the story that it's a weather balloon, and do you believe them? No, of course not. (laughs) <laughs> because
1: the fact that they went over the uh, Minuteman three missile bases is pretty clear indication that they were they were snooping and sniffing for something. But one of the more interesting explanations I've heard for this whole adventure is that the Americans and the Koreans are going to be holding exercises that involve imitating what would happen if there were a nuclear attack. And the Chinese apparently were worried about a first strike capability. So the fact that the Americans let this thing drift, they could have shot it down the first day. Canada yeah. could have shot it down because it came over Canada. They let the thing drift. They let it do its sniffing. And what would it be sniffing for? Well, in in the analysis of the expert uh, that I was working with, he's saying, look, you can simply pick up isotopes. You can know if there's been any changes at any of these bases, and you can, you can find that out. Once the thing was over the Atlantic, because the, the argument against shooting it down, even though it was over, like big national parks and forests and they couldn't have hurt anybody. They said, no, no, we have to be so careful not to shoot down the balloon because it could be incredibly dangerous. So once it was over the Atlantic, they, you know, went through a big thing of saying, OK, well, we'll take care of it. And they shot it down. But I think that there was something being done at a completely different level between the Chinese and the Americans for them to have allowed this thing to float for so long.
0: Well, they were this wasn't a government position, but there were people on uh, social media where, of course, as you know, Thomas Mulcair, you find the truth. And <laughs> of course, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and somebody said, you can't shoot it down. It might be full of COVID. Uh, but was there any kind of worry that there could be something dangerous in, in it?
1: No, I mean, again, since its source of energy appears to be those solar panels that were attached to it, it wouldn't have been something untoward in, in in all likelihood. It's going to be very difficult to prove what went through the communication system that was on that thing. They'll be able to show it. They'll bring it you know, into some big hangar and, and put it on the ground so people can take pictures of it. But at, at some point, it, it's what's done is done. If they ever do it again, unless it's in this type of similar circumstance, then I suspect they'll just shoot it down right away, which is, by the way, what we should have done and avoided the whole hassle.
0: I think it would have been really cool if either Saskatchewan or Alberta would have shot it down. And they, yeah. You know, and said to the <laughs> United that, Yeah, Well,
1: Trudeau had just withdrawn his gun bill, so everybody still had their guns. <laughs> so they, it wouldn't have been very hard to get.
0: Okay, well, maybe you don't know this being in Quebec, but in Saskatchewan and Alberta, they've still got their guns. Uh,
1: <laughs> oh, that's what I say. Yeah, he withdrew his bill, so that's why <laughs> yeah. they still got so.
0: All right. The Prime Minister and Premiers are meeting tomorrow to find common ground on new health care funding. Do you think anything's going to change?
1: This is probably the most important political meeting in decades that's going to take place tomorrow. Trudeau's in an interesting position. Everybody knows that he's close to his best before date. He's in his eighth year now. That's something that Poitiers reminds everybody of every time he speaks into a microphone. And he is getting a bit long in the tooth. And so he knows that if he's going to go to another election, it better be sooner rather than later. And one of the things that he had to do if he's going to be able to have that election is get the health issue off the table. So he's going to be ponying up Tons of cash, much to the chagrin of Christian Freeland, who's trying to put a budget together right now. And he's going to be, you know, meeting their demands. Now is he going to? I think he's going to probably be smart and ramp it up over a few years to try to make it more difficult for the, uh, an incoming government to break that deal. But he's definitely going to put a lot of cash on the table. Very interesting. Yesterday, Jerry, you know the favorite line of Pierre Poitier, oh, "Everything's broken. Everything's broken." Well, it sounds like a broken record when he says it. Well, he, it, over the weekend, it was Minister Ducl. So Canada's health minister federally saying, well, you know what? The system is broken. That was his exact word. The system is broken and we've got to go about things in a different way. So that opens up to more private delivery that Ford's been musing about. And instead of, you know, lighting his hair on fire and saying, that's a terrible idea that goes against the Canada Health Act, Trudeau says, no, it's innovative and we're going to have to be looking at stuff like that. So it's a sea change. And the Fed's saying, yes, they're going to start respecting the initial deal and paying their fair share. That's also good news. We'll see what comes out of the meeting, but I'm actually quite hopeful about this.
0: Thomas Mulcair, former NDP leader, CTV political analyst um, on Mulcair Monday. Good to have you. Thanks very much.
1: Good to be with you, Jerry. All the best.